A 20-year-old golfer is missing out on $1.5 million in prize money, Tiger Woods is ready for his next move, Jim Ratcliffe is putting a stamp on Manchester United, and later we are diving into the ongoing chaos in local sports broadcasting with the Athletics' Evan Drellick. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Twenty-year-old Nick Dunlap won the American Express Tournament, beating some of the top golfers in the world, but he won't be able to claim the tournament's $1.5 million prize for finishing in first place. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports newsletter co-author David Rumsey. Welcome, David. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. So who is Nick Dunlap and why can he not claim this prize money for winning the tournament? Nick Dunlap is a college student. That's a... um... A quick way of saying it, he's a sophomore at the University of Alabama. He's a really good golfer. He was playing in this past weekend's PGA Tour event on a sponsor's exemption, as a lot of uh, talented up-and-coming college golfers get right before they're going to turn pro this season or next season. He's really decorated. He uh, won the U.S. Amateur last summer. He was the only player since Tiger Woods to win the U.S. Junior Amateur and the U.S. Amateur. So with this win on the PGA Tour, he became the first amateur to win on the tour since Phil Mickelson did in 1991. He's really good. And now he has vaulted up the world golf rankings from pretty much nothing all the way up to 68th in the world. So could you just explain to us the whole bit amateur versus professional system that the PGA Tour has? It's perplexing to me that he can be in the tournament but not win the prize money. Right. He's not a member of the PGA Tour. And now he has, since he has won, he uh, has this offer to become a full member of the PGA Tour all the way through the 2026 season, starting as soon as this Thursday at the Farmers Insurance Open. If he wants to, he could declare that he's pro and tee it up on Thursday. And if he performs well again, collect a nice paycheck. Um, Oddly enough, he will be playing in this event at Torrey Pines in California anyways on another sponsor's exemption, even if he doesn't turn pro. But that's just the way the PGA Tour operates. Uh, You need to be um, a professional uh, to accept the money, the prize money. Um, Some used to be the same at the U.S. Open, and they actually changed that rule. So uh, amateurs can play in that and collect prize money um, if they perform well enough to do so by making the cut. But that is not the case on the PJ Tour, at least not yet. And why is there any reason why he wouldn't uh, just declare himself a pro at this point? You know, after the win, he said he had a lot to think about. He obviously wasn't uh, anticipating winning, even though he probably had a lot of confidence in himself. Uh, the college golf season, the spring season, has not even started yet. Uh, the University of Alabama will play their first matches uh, later this month uh, down in Florida. And he was probably planning to, you know, play the full season and, you know, compete maybe for a national championship if they did well individually and as a team and then probably turn pro in like June, which is after the U.S. Open, which a lot of um, amateurs do as they kind of rise up the ranks. Um, But now he has... You know, like I said, he could play this this weekend in California and, you know, the, he, can, he can miss the cut and not make money anyways. But next week, uh, the PJ Tour is going to Pebble Beach uh, and it's a signature event this year, which means there's a 20 million dollar purse. And by the way, there's no cut. So everybody gets paid and Dunlap, if he wants to become pro, 
can go play in that event and get paid something even for finishing dead last. Um, you know, he's good enough that I think he doesn't need to turn pro immediately if he doesn't want to. Uh, he, you know, he could turn pro this summer and still be fine, probably have a great career, but it is quite tempting when you're sitting there, you know, playing for college is, is fun and, you know, that has its own accolades, right? Um, something to think back on, but uh, winning, getting paid out when, you know, he's foregoing a $1.5 million winner check this, this past weekend is something else. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm glad for him that you know this this probably will not be the the last check he gets or check he he could have gotten uh, playing golf. Um, yeah, it, it's still just a little jarring. It's, you know, I just want the kid to get his money. Um, how, how often does this kind of thing happen where you know someone w- wins a significant uh, prize but is ineligible to claim it because they're they're of uh, their amateur status? Yeah, it, it happens not to this degree. Obviously, like we said at the top, Phil Mickelson in 1999-1991 was the last amateur to win on the PGA Tour. But these guys will, you know, often, you know, make the cut. And, you know, when you make the cut in an event, you get paid unless you're an amateur. So, but, you know, it could be something as small as $10,000 if you end up finishing near the bottom. And sometimes they have to forego hundreds of thousands of dollars if they finish in the top 10 or top five. And there's been some close calls over the years, but never obviously somebody that ended up winning. And it was a close one. He had to make a six foot putt on uh, Sunday evening on the 18th green to, you know, secure that win and avoid a playoff. But yeah, it's, it's really unprecedented. And it'll be interesting to see if that uh, kind of spurs any change as, you know, NIL changes golf and we kind of rethink, you know, amateurism and sports in general, uh, to your point at the top, maybe in, in the future, amateurs can just make money on the PGA tour, uh, no matter what their status is. Yeah. Now that was going to be the last thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. Is there any appetite for a form here? It sounds like maybe, and then, and maybe this is sort of the event that pushes the issue into the conversation. Yeah, potentially. I mean, the PGA Tour is a player-run organization, so any changes have to be approved by the players. And uh, as we are writing about at Front Office Sports right now, (laughs) all the players that were playing at the American Express and made the cut benefited greatly by um, Nick Dunlap winning because he had to forego that $1.5 million, but it still gets paid out um, to everybody else. So uh, the second-place finisher got that winner's check, and then everybody else down uh, got... A little bit more than they should have uh so that's a nice uh, consolation prize for winning at being a professional golfer but uh losing to somebody who's not a professional golfer all right david rumsey thanks so much for joining us thanks owen sticking with golf tiger woods appears ready to unveil his next big brand deal and it looks like he won't have to stop wearing a signature color TaylorMade is already woods equipment sponsor and the company just filed for the trademark sunday red Included in that trademark application is an image of a line-drawn tiger against a red background. They also filed for three other variants of the same idea. Woods has always worn red on Sundays, because in Thailand, where his mother is from, it is considered a power color and is the color associated with Sundays. For 27 years, his red shirt bore a Nike swoosh, but was one of the most stable relationships between a brand and an athlete ended earlier this month. Tiger's abilities as a golfer are not what they used to be, but now with a fresh start, we will see what his brand power is as he embarks on this next chapter. Hopping over to the Premier League, Sir Jim Ratcliffe has made his first major move as minority owner of Manchester United. 
Ratcliffe has brought on Omar Barada as United CEO. He comes from the same role at Manchester City, where he helped build that juggernaut by bringing in superstars like striker Erling Haaland. Barada was high in demand on multiple continents and even multiple sports. The Athletic reported last summer that he turned down entreaties from another Premier League team, an MLS team, and an NFL team. Now, half a year later, he found a team to say yes to, and it's his previous employer's top rival. Man United has a longer history of success with 20 Premier League titles, but Man City has won five of the last six, including the last three. That run of dominance began just after Barada took over as CEO. There's obviously no guarantee that he can repeat that success on the other side of town, but this is the sort of move that United fans were clamoring for when they were protesting against the Glazer family. The Glazers still own the team, but Ratcliffe, who finalized a 25% purchase of the club for $1.6 billion in December, is now the person calling the shots. Up next, local MLB, NBA, and NHL broadcasts appeared to be approaching some sort of clarity. But now, with the deal between Diamond Sports Group and Amazon, we are back into a state of chaos and confusion. I spoke to The Athletic's Evan Drellick, who has been reporting on the situation for a long time, and he provides about as much coherence as we're going to get for now. And that conversation is coming up next. I'm joined now by Athletic senior writer Evan Drellick. Welcome, Evan. What's up, Owen? Hey, great to have you back on. Um, I'm still, we've covered this story. I'm still trying to get my head around it. Amazon is investing in Diamond Sports Group, saving Diamond Sports Group from from disappearing. Um, and Diamond Sports Group vanishing into the ether was something that MLB, the NBA, the NHL were all preparing for. Um, if this deal with Amazon is approved by the courts, which I understand is not a foregone conclusion, um, what is going to happen with Diamond and these leagues? Yeah, and, and I think it's important to emphasize that it isn't a foregone conclusion. You know, we didn't didn't get much of a, a positive reaction uh, from MLB. Not much of a reaction either way, but th- there was a little little bit of a, a skeptical eye cast there. And the NBA didn't say much either. Obviously, the creditors have, have more to do with this than than them. But it'd be interesting to see how this actually uh, unfolds. But you know, if if this goes through. The long-term deals that were in place will largely, as I understand it, continue, and uh, that might not be the case for the the, uh, the Rangers and the Guardians in baseball specifically. We'll see what happens the next, I don't know, 10 days around February 1st is when we're supposed to have some sort of understanding about that, but um, we were in a world before where it looked like Diamond was going to disappear at the end of this year. And the teams were going to get their rights back. And then that was going to open up a whole brave new world beyond that. And now it's looking like Diamond, uh, with the help of Amazon, will continue uh, in in a technically new form, but it, basically the same company. And uh, that that changes things. That that is not where I think baseball wanted to go and might not be where the other leagues wanted to go either. But I, I can certainly confidently speak to baseball. Yeah, and... I guess let, let's let's linger on that for a moment because originally it felt like like oh no the cable bundle is falling apart this huge revenue stream is either disappearing or going to be much less and we're going to have to figure out if we can make streaming work and but I feel like all these leagues over the last year have been moving toward like okay we can work with this we can you know maybe make a, a local over the air deal have a streaming service maybe we unite our our teams into one bundle. Uh, for local broadcasting rights. And now that is all, you know, pushed off to, uh, you know, until the diamond deals run out. But MLB and the NBA and the NHL, they're they're kind of helpless, right? Because these deals were in place already. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think if the, if the, they they could try to uh, urge the court not to do this, um, if they wanted it, I, I don't think they're literally without any recourse here. But yeah, there are contracts that are uh, in place, and those would not just uh, disappear. Um, you know, unless Diamond disappeared, it, 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 and that was the direction it looked like it was going. Yeah, th- there is a a silver lining, I, I, I suppose, if, if specifically from an ownership standpoint. You know, if, if you're a baseball team that had a Diamond, a Bally television contract or has one, um, you you now presume outside of the Rangers and the Guardians, you're going to be getting the money that was um, owed to you, and you know teams like having a, a dollar guarantee going into a year they like to know uh, you know even it's not upfront money necessarily but it, it is committed money uh whereas you know you, you enter into a different world where um you're trying to sell the games as a package you know it the, the economics of uh the old cable model were generally friendly and, and a lot of these valley deals were struck more under those economics than not so uh, it's, you know, it, what happens to the digital rights? Do we get to a point now or, or when do we get to a point now that MLB and the other leagues are uh, bundling an in-market package to be seen? But, um, you know, I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals will mind knowing that until 20, the early 2030s, when their contract goes still, that they'll be paid. Right. Yeah. And what's Amazon getting out of all this? I mean, uh- it seems like they are, you know, positioning themselves as the RSN of the future. I think that's right. I, I was talking to uh, kind of an industry veteran it was, uh, a few days ago, and uh, they were saying that basically this is Amazon's way of, of showing to the leagues that, hey, we can do this and we can we're the right partner because it's still very possible that MLB and the, and, and the baseball teams and, and the teams in the other leagues um, will eventually want to cut out the, the so-called middleman. You know, if if Di- Di- you don't necessarily need Diamond in the middle to get on Amazon. MLB, if if its teams had those rights back, those digital rights, and and Diamond only has the digital rights to five MLB teams at the moment. Uh, you know, you could deal with Amazon directly. So, uh, in a way, it's an audition. You you could look at it that way, uh, and and maybe in the end someday you do get a larger package where half the league uh, in baseball or more can be watched via Amazon. You know, if, if this hadn't happened, if, if it had gone through the way we thought it was going to go through, and I guess it still could, but where diamond dissolves after 24, well, that would have put MLB in a position going into 25 that it would literally have had 15 teams, half the league that it could have shopped around as a package. The 11 Bally teams currently, the Twins who are out of contract but are negotiating a, a deal, the Diamondbacks and the Padres who used to be with Bally but were let go in 23, and the Rockies who um, were part of Warner Brothers Discovery and now are going to be broadcast by MLB. Half, half the league you could have shopped as a national package if Diamond had gone away and you had reached a deal with Diamond uh, to return the rights to the teams at the end of 24, which is what MLB was talking about. Yeah. And do you know if anything like that was already rolling? I mean, if this yeah, was going to happen yeah. as soon as, yeah, a year from now, then then, then now's the time to make those, make, have those talks. I have to assume Amazon would be part of those. I mean, I, you know, if, if they ran on this deal, they must have been uh, talking to MLB. Um, but I guess, is, is that just all on hold until we know what the deal is with Diamond? 
I, I can't say I know how much groundwork MLB was laying with the 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 streamers of the world with Amazon and and, and Peacock, but certainly the the negotiations, the mediated negotiations that were underway, as I understand it, um, were geared that way. And we saw that with the NBA and the NHA NHL deals, where the rights were going to return to the teams. And it makes sense, you know, the Diamond was going to disappear, was, was going to be dissolved. So. Um, certainly one domino of that was, was moving in that direction. I don't know how far along they were on the, on the other domino side of it. Yeah. And for the NBA and the NHL, they had deals in place with diamond so that they're covered for, um, for the next season. Right. And then after that, um, it's, um, they, they, they can kind of chart their own path. Um, and now that is also out the window, correct? Right. So, so baseball was trying to get to the point where they had that same type of deal, but, but that, that deal baseball was working toward and the deal that NBA, the NBA and the NHL both agreed to was all contingent on this cooperation agreement it's called, but that cooperation agreement now, now is being pushed aside by the Amazon plan. The cooperation agreement was around again, this idea that diamond would be done after 24. So, so really the very top level thing here is that we thought diamond was going to go away. Doesn't look like it's going away now, uh, but we still have, there's still court hurdles. It's, it's, it's by no means a, no means a fait accompli, but uh, yes, the, 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 what the NBA and the NHL had agreed to now largely disappears. All right. And um, they're also going to no longer be the Bally sports network. So they're owned by diamond, which was owned by Sinclair, and, but Bally's had the naming rights and Bally's is no longer going to have the naming rights after this year. Is that because of issues with Bally's or is that tied up into all this other stuff? It's part of what was negotiated in, in um, and it was explained in court uh, when they had the, the, the status conference. Um, it, it's part of the, of the financial arrangements. Um, you know, Bally's, agreeing to carry through for 24, but then they need to go out and get a, um, a different sponsor. So it'll be, we'll, we'll see what casino steps up. Somebody else will, 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 will try to name the thing. Uh, could, could be a fun naming game here, but, um, yeah, it, it's part of the court arrangement is that Bally would be after 24 would, uh, no longer be the rights holder for all the legal stuff we've been alluding to what's what's the status there is there some kind of date when we'll have clarity on all of this um anything you can say about the the ongoing um yeah the court cases that will determine if this amazon deal actually happens you know i don't know um and even when there are court dates they can get adjourned they can get pushed back we've seen it multiple times with the baseball specific side of this where um there were supposed to be things that were, were handled and they got pushed back because MLB and the sides were negotiating. This judge seems to be inclined to let the parties figure it out um, and pushing the, and has pushed them to do that rather than kind of get in the middle of it. Um, and I assume that's how it'll keep going. And so we can, we, whatever the next court date is, which I should know, I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, you know, if, if they're close on, something it might just get pushed back anyway but it'd be hard to imagine this dragging on more than a matter of months considering the plan was to dissolve diamond after 24 so 
you would feel like within this calendar year, within this spring, you'd have to get some clarity. Right. I mean, there are practical deadlines here, um, which there were last year. Um, I remember we came right up to the the beginning of the baseball season. We still didn't quite know how some teams are going to get bro- be broadcasted. Well, we still um, don't know. We still don't know what the Rangers and the Guardians and there's a February 1st, uh, you know, quote unquote deadline there where Diamond expects to get a response from from those teams as well as the Twins about whether they'll basically accept the offer that Diamond has made. You know, there, there was mediation going on in front of another judge, Marvin Isger in Houston, and that was for that plan that never got off the ground. But apparently, according to the Diamond lawyers, um, there was a price that was agreed to. And so the question now is, do these teams take that price? Do they keep negotiating? We'll see. Yeah. And for the rest of this, is there any particular direction you see it all pointing or, or do we just have to kind of, you know, is the dust is still in the air and far from settling? It's straight to hell too flippant. Um, it's, I, I don't know. It's kind of chaos. I, I, you know, it, it, even if, Di- if diamond persists, you know, what does MLB do with, with the other digital rights that it has specifically to baseball? Um, you know, it, you kind of we're we're still early in waiting for what the new look uh, will look like. We, we, we keep talking about the evolving landscape, um, but it's all very piecemeal right now. Where 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 some teams have their digital rights wrapped up with Diamond, some don't. It, um, it it's going to be a grind in terms of I think time before it starts to look a way that makes fans and consumers happy. It, it, you know, the beauty of this at the end of the day will be there will be more access points to games, but to kind of get that cohesive, you need current contracts to expire or the company that holds them like diamond to disappear. And, you know, um, this, this kind of just keeps, keeps it rolling more in the, in the, in the form of the status quo in a way. All right. Well, thank you for, if not sorting through the chaos, at least describing the chaos. Uh, Evan Drellick, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Owen. That's it for today. Subscribe to Front Office Sports Today and share an episode with a friend who might enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.